0: everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Retail Adventures podcast with Kaiser, Bender, and Baum. I am the Baum in Kaiser, Bender, and Baum, and with me, as always, are the retail experts themselves, Rich Kaiser and George N. Bender. Hey guys.
1: Hey, how you doing, Jason? And I think, you know, I think we need to change the name of our Retail Adventures podcast to Retail Adventures with Kaiser, Bender, Baum, Scott, and C.,
2: around the world because <laughs> i want top billing i want top billing. Hey, I'm not, I'm not, you guys i'm not 4 from the agenda That's
0: you're just not right you're now partners in our law firm congratulations <laughs> right. you've been made uh, partners. We business bender cards that
1: long to get the name and on. see yeah
0: yeah I, thank, and, thank and god no one works a, in an office anymore we don't have to put it on a door <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: and i'll always be the one that goes last yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> okay kaiser yeah, bender you, you
3: only okay.
1: Have one go C and Scott, I don't care. We'll do a, a rock, paper, scissors, and you guys can just laugh. It's gonna be an acronym
2: from the, the initials. Only,
1: the <laughs> only reason Kaiser is before Bender is because at the time we were called K and B business strategists, and Burger King was using BK. So BK. <laughs> I got hosed that way.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say we could go alphabetical. I could always be first. There you go. That's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. All
1: right. So just... We have a lot to talk about and not a lot of time since, you know, Mr. Baum has to buzz off and time <laughs> take another call. So
0: I'm on the phone 24 hours a day. I'm in my sleep. I'm making phone calls. Well,
1: good. That's good. Good for you to get out there and talk to people. It is. Learn new <laughs> things, meet new right. friends. Yes. So one of the things, well, that thank we-
0: goodness we're doing this, uh, not during business hours because i don't know how i would be able to keep up
1: me either business hours are like 24 7 now yeah what are business hours one of the things that we talked about talking about on this podcast was jeremy had said george and rich you guys have just come back from a trip to las vegas where we were there for eight days what was it like how did you handle it was it weird yeah. So we went. We spoke at two shows when we were in Vegas. We spoke at Super, Super Zoo, and we spoke at the Independent Retailer Conference at ASD Market Week. And we actually three. We spoke at ASD Market Week where we did an eight-hour boot camp, and we were dreading it because, can you imagine trying to have a trying to do a, a presentation, a keynote, or a boot camp or a presentation when you have to wear a mask? Fortunately, in every one of the events, they had a stage where we were up higher and we were back far enough. So we were socially distanced. We could take our masks off. But, you know, starting at the airport. So here everybody has to wear a mask. So we were masked. We were masked on the plane. On the plane, the flight attendant told us that if you take your mask off, if you uncover your nose, if you're not eating or drinking, you take your mask off. It's an eighteen thousand dollar fine. There is no, yes, and there is no um, alcohol on planes now. And if you bring your own, it's an automatic eleven thousand dollar fine. So there's
0: no more alcohol on planes?
1: No more alcohol, honey, and you can't bring your own.
0: That's terrible.
1: Why, why should you put it in your shampoo tube, you know?
3: <laughs> why the why the restriction on alcohol? Because people are gonna fall on the roof if they get drunk.
1: Have you been watching any of the videos from the United States of some of the people <laughs> on plane? Yeah, they're
0: very angry. The very people angry people. Doing, yes, the, the
1: people <laughs> who don't want to wear masks.
0: You're Not going to tell if, me what to do. Why if, take it out on the flight attendants? I don't even get that. I don't understand. they punching that.
1: flight attendants. I got to send you guys. There was a flight attendant on, I think, on Spirit Airlines, who took out this guy, and the the video that the flight attendant made was you were dying. I, I was laughing oh. so hard and I thought, go for you, buddy. I hope you get promoted. Um, they're, sorry, they're not I,
3: a, they were not in high spirits, I guess.
1: <laughs> so at the convention centers at the hotels, um, they don't clean your rooms every day. You have to call down to request towels, toiletries, whatever you need. There's no room service, at least not where we were. Um, they, okay, there was room service at one hotel. They, um, they so they don't automatically clean your rooms everything is sanitized all over the place at the convention center the same thing um at super zoo it was an awesome show that's a pet show and it was it was wonderful and the people were wonderful and it was, we were kind of giddy cuz it was our first time on stage after actually even longer than covid cuz richard had a surgery so we hadn't been together on stage since october of 2019 so it was an awesome wow. audience and then the next show same thing you know Just hand sanitizers and being careful, and and but the city felt different.
3: Hold on for the for the hotels. Is there any? There's no buffet breakfast, buffet lunch, no buffets at all. No buffets, baby. I I presume, yeah. Okay.
1: Okay, some hotels have them in Vegas. I think one or two, but it's not you know where you serve yourself anymore. It's they uh, put everything out. That's a big deal. Or they put everything out in little glass jars. You know, when you take a how how do
4: you steal
2: your lunch when you go down for (laughs) breakfast? Now that was one of the few perks of the buffet is you could take a bag and then you could hide everything for lunch as well. That's that's a big deal in Vegas,
0: the the buffet, right? Because the buffet is no tour. Yeah, exactly. That's a a Vegas staple. But I'll say I'm one of those people, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast. I I could do without a buffet for the rest
1: of of our lives. Like,
0: no, I I don't mind the food on the buffet. I hate. It's just everyone else. Like, I don't, there's, like, you're sneezing, people. touching, like, <laughs> all these things make me already made my skin crawl. And now, like, I don't wanna get in, like, forget six feet. I don't wanna be within 10 feet of someone sneezing right now. So, first
1: of all, 14, first of all you have okay. made my millennium by saying buffet, because that's what we say. <laughs> yeah, so we're from are. New York not, over which,
0: here. Which New York. Remember that
1: time we were at Caesar's Palace and we saw that guy walking down the, buf- the buffet with his family? And he was taking bites out of stuff with the spoon. <laughs> <God>. Oh, man.
4: <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, and, and putting stuff back because his kids were pulling it out, putting it on their plate, and he didn't want them to have it. He put it back yeah, in. the. This the is why they
0: shouldn't house. exist anymore. That's, what, that's did you
4: call those people, what do you call people that go to Buffet, George? You what's have what's a name. It? I can't remember. No,
1: I don't. I got to tell, tell you what Rich and I used to do. We so have a name for
4: everybody, kids. So Caesar's
1: Properties um, used to have this thing called the Buffet of Buffets. So Buffet of Buffets. And so for $49.99, you could eat for 24 hours at a buffet. So we're an expense wow. account. So we would go and we would- I'm embarrassed.
0: Over. I'm like <laughs> feeling sick. This conversation is this conversation's making me feel sick. We
1: would go at eight <laughs> o'clock at night and we'd have dinner. And then we had 24 hours. So the next day- Go for breakfast, lunch, a couple of snacks, and dinner, and an early dinner. But you could, but they were beautiful buffets at like, yeah, you right. know, Caesar's Palace and Planet Hollywood, and <laughs> Rio was so- great. Next sorry,
3: to- sorry, I brought this up, Jason. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry. still
0: like, can you? You could feel it. Like I have like a visceral reaction to, <laughs> to them. Like I don't know. I, it, I, I would go before. You know, actually, the very first, this is a quick, quick story. Very first time I was ever pulled over, I was 17 years old. Just got my, just got my license. I was with a friend and the cop stopped us and I was speeding, you know, whatever. And he's like, where were you off to in such a hurry? I said, the Chinese buffet. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) all right, you can go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: buffets are are a thing in the past. But the thing that was weird about Las Vegas was, it was definitely different than we remembered it walking down the strip and visiting some of the hotels. There were, you know, people there that that were obviously just there cause they were saving money and they could party and you could tell that they probably have, you know, six people in a hotel room at the Bellagio. And when you walked past the gorgeous Bellagio waters, you've seen those fountains of Bellagio, you get a contact high cause everybody's smoking Pot everywhere it's legal you can't smoke it but they do it anyway so mm-hmm. it just it was just it felt weird
4: and to the to the what you know like the normal population it was almost like there was a some kind of a covering over the entire area you did not feel the enthusiasm and you did not see happy faces it was just people doing what they do and uh, yeah. it, it was kind of depressing at times like you know but
1: you know, it, 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 it's fun to go to some of the properties where people are dressed up and they're all gambling and having a good time and the shows are coming out and, you know, everybody's talking excitedly about the shows and they're shopping in the stores and it wasn't that way.
2: No, I mean, here in the UK, we're in a weird sort of limbo state where there aren't many government restrictions. Um, you know, people can turn up to sporting events. I went to visit a store this morning with a, a LinkedIn friend who's one of those sort of people I've known by Zoom for a year, like you guys. And we met up, went into the store, and it's the first time I went into store without a mask. I have one in my pocket, and I went in without a mask, and it felt like I was driving my car without a seatbelt. You know, I sort of realized I was conditioned to wear a mask. I go to the local corner store, which is, you know, 200 feet away. Um, I put my mask on, and this store, I chose not to, and I thought, I'm going to go in and see how I feel. And I felt uncomfortable for about the first 10 minutes. It, I felt vulnerable. Right. even though there was no one else around me, you know, and, and David and I kept our distance, That's but it, it was just, it was weird. I felt like I needed that protection. And I likened it to a seatbelt in a car. It's, yeah. and it's amazing how it got conditioned like that now.
1: So now here we have to wear a mask indoors at all times, unless you're eating, you can take it off. Same not here in Las Vegas. You don't, you don't. Anymore.
0: No, not at all. And I'll say like, I went to uh, a wake back and when they first lifted it, <laughs> um a friend of mine his uh, his grandfather had passed away he was like 100 years old but um not that it takes anything away but um uh, he, he had a good life he had a great life he was but he knew everybody i mean this guy was like at the bar still at like 100 he was taking taekwondo he was like he lived a life so you can only imagine how many people came to his wake i mean so many people and it was indoors and it was like in june and honestly i felt so uncomfortable even though there was there were no covid cases here i mean very little for for we're such a populated county and we were averaging like just a couple hundred a day which is for a nine million person uh, county relatively nothing um we were all vaccinated i'm assuming or most people are but there were no masks and everyone was just You know, it was, it was uncomfortable. It was really uncomfortable.
1: You'd be wearing, oh, you're not in New York. I was going to say in New York, you'd be wearing masks if your governor wasn't otherwise occupied. Even in
0: New York, most people aren't wearing, (laughs) yeah, well, whatever. We don't have to talk about him. Uh, We don't talk about him anymore. He's not our governor. Um, You know, even, even in New Jersey, I was just on vacation. I was down at the, down at the shore. Like we say here in New Jersey, not, not too many masks. So you can wear them voluntarily. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we have a young oh. child, so she, we wear them because, you know, we wear mm-hmm. them with her.
1: Well, but otherwise, when we, when we came back from Las Vegas, we, I went and got COVID tested twice. I went one day and then I went three days later before I went and saw my grandkids because I was afraid I'd bring them something. And then we got a message that we had been directly exposed to COVID with someone we are very close to in Las Vegas and spent a lot of time with. <clears throat> and i panicked and i called rich and then i had to call my kids and i had to, you know we had to because you got to do the whole chain
3: yeah um, ring fence and all that yeah
1: well then it turned out that this woman didn't get covid when she was in vegas she got it when she came home from vegas or you know so but it was it's about a,
2: four days to isn't it, for it to, to five. It's five.
0: so yeah five. five days for cdc so we were just exposed um my not 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 within the past week, but, um, so my daughter is back at preschool and there was a case in her class and they only had like eight eight or 10 kids.
1: Four-year-old uh, case in her class?
0: Yeah, yeah, one of the kids wow. had it um, and had like a 102, 103 fever, um, bad, like cold-like symptoms, you know, flu-like symptoms, um, but was doing okay. Uh, but she was exposed, my daughter was exposed Luckily pre-symptomatic. Um, the child didn't come back. We actually had pulled her out because she wasn't feeling well, our daughter. So um can I just say a cold in the time of COVID is horrifying, mm. especially <laughs> when you find out there was exposure. And so exactly. for like you can't get tested for like five days was the first time we could get the PCR. We did a rapid test like a couple days before because we were just really like, we just wanted to know. But the yeah. PCR wasn't even valid to get her back into school until five days. So wow. we had to wait. And she was and she had a bad cold. So the whole time we're like, Oh my God, does she actually have it? Or is mm. like is this a thing? We were okay. Then we started getting sick. And anyway, none of us had COVID. Thank God. It, I mean,
2: I, I had an experience as well. My son's friend had a sleepover at my house and then two days later he came down with COVID and we're like, Oh, crikey. But yeah. literally, there's a testing center half a mile from my house. Went online, you book it. I drove up, got the test, got the result the following day. Fortunately, I was negative. You know, but the process was so easy and slick yeah. and quick. I can't believe waiting five days. I mean, you might well just wait and see if it happens, if it manifests. You know? How are you
1: guys? How are you guys seeing COVID changing retail where you live? Here, it, it it it's it seems like things are just back to normal, and there's a. You know the jar of hand sanitizer and we have to wear masks again but the stores look exactly the way they did before covid they're just a lot emptier How what about something right, with you uh,
3: jeremy uh, i just wanted to share uh, for us we can actually buy uh self-testing kits so we can subject ourselves yeah. and test yeah, ourselves so yeah but and, you
2: can't uh, do that
0: with pcr you can only do that with the rapid yes, the lat-
2: lateral flow tests they call them here
3: yeah right the, yeah uh, yeah exactly yeah so so i think Nothing much pretty much has changed in, in Singapore because we, 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 uh, we sort of reopened um, slowly and uh, everything's back to, well, kind of normal uh, in the sense that uh, retail has always been open. Just that for dining in, there are some, um, we call differentiated measures. So basically, if you are vaccinated and everyone's vaccinated, you can be in a restaurant, air conditioned place, up to five people. But if you are not vaccinated, um, you you can't be in restaurants. You are only subject to open air places like what we call hawker centres and coffee shops. Not not the Starbucks type, but open air type, and only maximum two. Right. So for me, because I chose not to be vaccinated yet, I'm just staying at home, playing it safe. Um, yeah, everything I'll just buy takeout if I have to go out and. Uh, Just playing it safe, because um, right now there's a lot of uh, unlinked cases, the numbers are climbing. Um, Recent estimates, we could hit a thousand case uh, a day in maybe two weeks' time, and maybe double that. Because the reason is because uh, Singapore government is trying to adopt an endemic posture, treating it like flu. So we're not going after a zero-COVID strategy. So that has changed, and the numbers are rising. Because... The science should work. We have eighty plus percent people vaccinated, right? So now it's 80. time to take the eighty, more than eighty. Now it's wow. time to take the leap of faith and let the vaccine do its work. Yeah, yeah. So as Same long as, in. yeah, as long as the 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 ICUs, uh, the hospitals are not strained, or you know we still have enough oxygen tanks, I don't think there'll be any measures. Uh, this is the critical time where you know we transit.
1: Yeah.
0: Is it we Delta there though? Does does Delta, Delta yeah. in yeah, okay. Yeah, she's Delta.
1: We, we Delta. talked to a, a friend yesterday who has a colleague who it lives in in the South and North Carolina, and she's getting ready to have a baby and she was supposed to have it the day before yesterday, supposed to be you know, planned. And mm. the hospital called and said, You can't have your baby today because we're too full with COVID cases, we don't have room for you. So then she tried to do it yesterday, couldn't do it. So and they also told her that if she does go into labor and have her baby, then if there's no room in their hospital, they're going to have to take her to another hospital, which to a woman is terrifying because you want your doctor. You want the person who's yeah. been with you the entire time. So exactly, our, our president today came out and said um, that you, people need to get vaccinated, that any Any business that has more than 100 employees must, everyone either must be vaccinated or be COVID tested every two days. Um, If you're a teacher, if you work for the government, you have to be vaccinated. We have 80 million people who are not yet. And it's here, it's running rampant.
0: Yeah, these restrictions will impact over 100 million people.
1: They're not staying home.
0: Yeah, they're not staying
3: home. Even even for here, when we're 80 plus percent uh, vaccinated, uh, the news is that, you know, 50% 50% can go back to work. And if you're a frontline, you know you will be subjected to frequent tests. I can't remember what's mm. the frequency. Twice or three times a week. I'm, I'm not sure. But it's going to be like that even if you're vaccinated. This is, yeah. this is yeah. what's happening no, here.
4: Yeah, I had an interesting conversation yesterday evening. And it was with a retailer in the city where I lived. He's not a very big retailer. He's got, probably got about a 9,000-square-foot shop. And we were talking and he said to me, he said, you know, in in America today, he said, I'm sensing in my store that with customers, there's a there's a comfort feeling and there's a discomfort feeling. And everybody's got that mood. And he said, it's always locked in their head. And you can see Mm -hmm. it when they walk in my store. And Mm -hmm. I said, how do you break that? And you know what he said, George, you're going to love this. He said, we're starting to play disco music. And he said, God, it's it he said you would not believe it He said people the, coming the in part? they're nodding their heads they're smiling because you know what <laughs> it is it's that that assimilation to the olden days when they were listening to this uh, everybody was having fun it. yeah and he well, said you back
1: but we always right. recommend that our clients play disco in their stores or at least that's that why many, I said <laughs> because it and our quote is and it's been widely quoted disco is the sound of money yeah. because People like it, it energizes customers, it energizes the staff, and we, we've done a anecdotal study in different stores. People spend more when you're playing. Oh, the there customer.
3: you have it. There you have it, the secret, right? All retailers play disco <laughs> so, music. Not, not metal, this not metalica, turned into a then.
0: weird promo for disco.
1: Disco's <laughs> the sound of money.
3: Just call
2: your store boogie nights. And you're this off is and sponsored
0: running. by Motown.
1: How <laughs> about in disco?
0: Some Motown is sure it is.
1: Oh come on! Yes,
0: absolutely. Motown. <laughs> had, there was a had, lot of disco.
1: We had disco demolition here in uh, Chicago, where a, a disc jockey Steve Dahl decided that he killed disco. He decided that he hated it, and so we were at a we had a White Sox game, and in the in the in it was a double header in between the games. Steve Dahl came out, had this he, to get into the game, you had to bring a disco album. You didn't buy a ticket, you brought a disco album. We had this giant pile of disco albums in there. He blew it up, destroyed Ooh. the field. They had to um forfeit both games, both teams. They everybody ran onto the field. It was absolute panic and chaos. And if you watch, there's a documentary out right now on the, the Bee Gees. That one thing in Chicago. That one disc jockey literally shut down disco like that. <laughs> Killed it. Yeah.
0: Is he
2: ringing up to complain now? Is, there, is he outraged? He's so, he you up to complain about your comments?
0: Some of the top disco uh, records, by the way, put out by Motown include... <laughs> <laughs> the Supremes, Marvin Gaye, Diana Ross all had huge disco hits. Stevie Wonder had a huge disco hit. Rick James... I don't know, Jackson 5 had uh, okay, I Am Love, I Magic Disco Count, Machine, Billy I, 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 the retail now, me, Come on, come on.
1: Lowtown is way cooler than disco. Of
0: course it is, but I'm oh, saying we'll they had them some them. of the huge disco hits
1: in the 70s and 80s. People are going to
2: tune into this podcast, and I'm sure it's said sure, retail at
0: sure
1: the time. <laughs> well, you
0: buy music, right?
1: What's happening in retail in... The UK, Ian.
0: Well, like you say, the
2: the, the official restrictions are gone. And so you have a lot of shops that go, we recommend you wear a mask. You have this real dilemma now uh, in that if they want you to wear a mask, they're not legally obliged to enforce it, although it's your Mm. shop. So you're not, you know, you don't have to let them in, I suppose. I mean, it's not good for business. But so you've got this sort of weird area where we sort of feel we're okay, but infection rates are picking up like crazy. There's been long discussions about whether 12 to 15 year old kids should be vaccinated. Did, um, you, say, the, did, you, did you say that it was on the rise again? Yeah. Your, yeah. Infections are going up because I mean, like Jeremy was saying, I our thought canceled. is we are vaccinated, it, it will have infections, but we'll ride it out because the vaccine will eventually overcome. But you know, my ex-wife yeah. is a pharmacist in the local hospital and she's going, we're sort of reaching saturation point with, with, you know, accommodating people with it, infection rates are going up, you know, they're talking about the kids, because like I say, you know, 14 year old had a sleepover at my house, he got it, you know, and the kids went back last week to school after summer vacation. So you've got this sort of mixing. So there's talk of 12 to 15 year olds being vaccinated. The science group that advises the government have said we're not against it, but we just don't see any beginning what they call it blue uh, you know blue space around this that will warrant it. The government goes well, we want to go ahead, so they're not saying it's bad for any medical reasons. They're just going, I'm not sure what you'll gain by vaccinating everyone. So the you're... government still wants to go ahead with vaccinating 12 to 15 year olds. You uh, know, so still... the
0: only other only other epidemic or. Um, because it wasn't really a pandemic but that i was part of my life i think was chickenpox was the big one and yeah. i don't know if chickenpox uh was in the uk or anything but here we it was a big we have deal we chicken chickenpox
2: right? parties when one baby yes that's what gets i was going to say you rub your yes. children yeah. against yes them. that's that's <laughs> what i was going to say cuz my older brother when you're older isn't it it's yeah. more dangerous when you're older
0: and that's when yeah cuz the vaccine get, came out in the in the late 70s i want to say But no one was, there was no chicken pox, we weren't getting the chicken pox vaccine. That didn't happen till later. And I remember the chicken pox parties and I got it really bad. I was very, very ill with chicken
1: pox. I remember when I I was was a kid. And I was 16 when I got it. And I was, I was upset because I was really ill. And then I was supposed to be in a drill team in a parade in Chicago with my horse and I couldn't (laughs) do it. So I missed it. And then as an adult, because it lives in your body, I got shingles. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, shingles.
1: Mm. And then you
0: really want to just... Yeah. But it's so funny because I was like, but no one has chickenpox anymore. That just kind of... vaccinated. No, my kids got chickenpox. Did they really? Yeah. I mean, very
2: mild. I mean, the, hmm. your concern is about them scratching the spots and leaving scars. Yeah. Yeah. i never concerned about any illness uh, as much. It's just like right. rubbing with it calamine lotion or whatever it is yeah. to stop uh, them scratching. Yeah. And that's the you, know, the, you know, they're binding your kids arms to their sides the so they baths
0: they used to have the baths i don't know if you remember. yeah yeah oh god what okay terrible.
1: ian what's yes. how have retail stores changed in the uk
2: well they, like you say there's not many restrictions we're finding footfall is steadily increasing um and so we're seeing more and more people going back which we all all here in this group knew would happen anyway uh you know i, I, I saw a wonderful stat On LinkedIn the other day, shock horror, Walmart's growth on online is decreasing. So it wasn't online was decreasing, but the rate of growth was. And I'm like, well, of course it will, because the bloody shops are open again. You know, and (laughs) and people, people are acting real surprised that when the shops reopen, people go back and they start buying in physical stores again. I'm going, of course they will. You know, to me, this is not science. This is common sense you know so we're getting that you know all sorts of different figures but you know when I walk around places like London and I've probably been down to London five times since the stores reopened in April uh sorry July was when we had full opening and um I've I've been going down quite a lot and it's it's busy it's not rammed full of people but it's busy there's a sense of energy people are out there the weather has been nice in the latter half of the summer here so there was a lot of people out and there were not obvious restrictions in the stores We've we've got this sort of weird mix. You know, I've talked a lot about Oxford Street, although Oxford Street is not representative of the whole country, but there are a lot of stores closed. There are a lot of cheap, nasty souvenir shops opening, but then there are new shops opening as well. You know, uh, I I had to do a presentation recently, and I I did a bit of search about shops opening during the pandemic, right from, like, Jeremy's Apple store in the harbour, you know, Nike have launched two new store concepts during the pandemic, the Rise and the Unite concepts, you know, and I, I put about 12 of them together and I've got this slide where they all pop up, Lego opening 200 shops in in China, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Hugo Boss opening a new flagship store in London, blah. and you go through and you go, oh my gosh. You know, there are a lot of stores opening. And I went to, there's a, com- a wonderful British company called Brompton Bikes. They're commuter bikes. Oh, Brompton Bikes, up. yeah. Yeah, really expensive ones. Very, yeah, very British. Very expensive. They're a lovely yeah. brand, great people. And I went to visit their new shop in Covent Garden in London. And their retail director said to me, we wouldn't have been able to afford this shop. Pre-pandemic, because the rents were so high. This shop is three times bigger than our old store.
1: Yeah, wait till the rent. In, in this up desirable
2: location, you know. So you, you're you're finding you're finding now that it is affordable. So savvy brands are going. Well, great. I'll either pay less rent or I'll have a bigger store. And you're seeing this reinvestment. I mean, I was yeah. uh, I, I used a, I've got an article that I've used in a presentation recently. Amazon are planning to open department stores, and I love that. Going what? Amazon are online, and department stores are dead. <laughs> You know, gosh, what's <laughs> happening? I'm going. Well, maybe Amazon, Amazon know what they're doing.
0: Everything here. old is new again. Yeah, yeah they're right. going to try out it. Try it out in Ohio too. Like Discord, of all places, like I think.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I mean, like they're, Ohio. Yeah, they're, Ohio. Yeah. Ohio but they're, I mean, where but, but, the retailers test everything.
2: Well, they they do, and they do test But Alibaba well, and Ohio Amazon, is, you know, uh, their data their data companies leverage through retail, as far as I can say. And they, but they do it very well. And I thought there's a bloody good reason why Amazon are going to open a department store. They opened an amazing store no in wait. London recently, which is a hair salon. Yeah. Um, and oh, they yeah, were testing yeah, yeah. it. You know, yeah. you could lift hair and salon. learn on I the products. It was a science yeah. lab. I mean, when it first That's launched. They all are. It's all yes,
1: about it. Are. Here's what I want to know, though. Is it going to be a real department store like a Bloomingdale's and a Macy's? Because is is, those to me are department stores. Stores like Target and Walmart and, the, and Kohl's that they call department stores, to me, those are not department stores. Those are stores mm-hmm. that have a lot of departments. So are they going to be the elegant, wonderful ex- department store experience? or just a I big know, box with a lot it'll of... It'll be the an Amazon money. store. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Amazon, to Amazon don't laugh. do
2: nostalgic retail, do they? They, they do, do the data driv- data-driven, efficient retail. And, and I, you're not going to see many of those. There's a, there's a shop that's just opening on the south coast of the UK in a city called Bournemouth um Debenhams were one of the major high street department stores sort of middle level and they all went they went bust uh, and some brands bought their their name and doing it all online how you how you leverage a department stores online only I don't know but anyway they're doing it but well, what's happening is the local community took over the Debenhams store and it used to be called Bobby's 70 years ago before Debenhams what Proper department stores, you would call them, uh, Georgian. And they're opening up as a local thing with artisans and craftspeople and a coffee shop. And it's a community hub. It's not a department store. It's a community hub. And, and I love to go down and see how they're leveraging that. That opened yesterday. And, and so you're seeing that sort of thing. But the problem is that nostalgic department store is probably not viable in today's market because shoppers don't want to shop that way anymore so the department store will be different no, I don't different. know
1: I think shoppers do want to shop that way but yeah but you
2: you'll get it, or, stores, you get you get authentic artisan local shops you won't get a department store like that
1: See here yeah. you here you go to markets like that or independent retailers for that kind of stuff but what's happened to department stores in the United States and I'm going to take out macy's which used to be marshall fields flagship store in downtown chicago or macy's herald square in new york city or the big bloomingdale's flagship or Fifth avenue the 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 stores that are still doing it well are very different compared to the macy's stores that are in our malls the macy's Mm. stores that are in our malls are literally falling apart Mm. you guys do you know neil saunders He's a retail strategist. He's on the retail wire brain trust with us. Well, he, Neil goes into Macy's stores on Twitter and takes pictures and you would die. It, I mean, I would be dying of embarrassment if I ran that company or ran that store mm-hmm. because it, they're, they're so neglected, it breaks your heart.
0: I feel like they've been falling apart for a very long time. I feel like it's finally Sales catching up. up, though, because... Yeah, but the state of the store, just the look it's of the store. How it, I feel like they've been going downhill for at least it feels like a yeah. very long time, and it just never caught up until mall traffic started to decrease and mall yeah. usage and and just the rise of online. You, you, have, now, to, you have to pivot then, don't you? I well,
2: mean, I, what do you? You know what it's like though?
0: Just... You know what it's like to me. I feel like it's kind of like how cable, how how network television, they could afford to have bad shows. And then all of a sudden, everyone started subscribing to digital apps and could get whatever content they want. And then the level of content had to go up. And yeah. now network television, they can't keep up. It's kind of like that to me.
1: I was in, um, you know, my son's getting married in like three weeks. So I've been on the hunt for, I found a dress. Now I've been on the hunt for shoes. And I went into a Nordstrom department store in a very upscale mall here in Illinois, in Oakbrook Center, um, to look at the shoes that they have there. And it's the sad thing is that there are signs in the store that say, we have more online. You can order it today and get it tomorrow (sighs) while I'm in the store. I don't care about that. (laughs) So I go into the, um, these are the shoes I bought. Aren't they pretty?
2: Very nice. Wonderful. Yeah. Have you got a matching pairage? Yeah.
1: I'm wearing them because I I got <laughs> them. Uh, need to break I'm them. I'm not
4: going to wear them, but I got them. Only <laughs> <Well, laughs> anyway, on Saturday nights. You
1: already I, have them. <laughs> so we went to... I, I'm, in store. I I'm in the store and I pick up a pair of shoes and I'm standing in the shoe department and there are at least four salespeople and some of them are helping people, some of them are not. There's a guy standing there, you know, all Natalie dressed out in his suit and he's got his... He's, on his cell phone and I stood there and I, and I am timing it. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, I am staying here until someone waits on me until someone notices me at 10 minutes. I couldn't take it anymore. Mm. My husband was waiting. I approached this guy who immediately, of course I can help you. He grabs a microphone. Like he's a carnival barker and goes customer, whatever, dude, really? You need a microphone to call somebody over. And they came over and they brought me the the shoes that I wanted. They normally bring out two different pairs because they want you to buy the ones that you liked. And then here's another one. They didn't do that. They brought out the same pair in two different sizes. When I asked the sales associate about something that was similar, she goes, well, I'm not really not sure, but here's something. And she brings me over a shoe that was so ungodly expensive, I couldn't believe it. And, And when I walked around, I found at least five other ones that were similar to what it was a plain, stupid black flat. The the customer service that I've experienced in several Nordstrom stores and in a lot of the bigger stores isn't there anymore. You know, Rich used to say, and and he's right, that when I go into a Walmart or a discount store or Target, I don't expect to get service because I know that's a self-service store. But when Mm -hmm. I go into a department store, I expect to get customer service and it's not happening. And, And part of the reason this store had a lot of people Part of the reason is, is that here in the States, too, retail sales associates are just being trashed by consumers. It's, it's hard for stores to even hire people hire. because every other day in the news, it's someone who's been, been assaulted because they don't have merchandise or they're not waited on or, mm. you know, they're just mad because the kid wouldn't eat their Cheerios in the morning. I don't know, but um, it's a sad state of service here right now. Yeah. Sure.
0: Look, if, I, I, when it comes to, comes to customer service, that's like a, a, I don't know, that's like my my thing. That's, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I work for an association. I work for the DevOps Institute. We are a trade association. Um, I will just say that associations memberships that's kind of permeated right into retail for sure. You know, you look at Peloton, you look at Amazon, like they've all got membership oh, is sure. the way that they look at it. Um, I'm wondering how that will translate into in-person, because I think online, in many ways, it's easier, easier to deliver that experience. People are used to that, um, like your Netflix, all that, your members, right? It's subscription-based, but you are a member. And when you're a member of something, it means more than when you're a customer. A customer means you're going to go in, you're going to buy something. Member is for life or for however long the term limit is but you are that is that is you own it right you're you're part of the ownership so how is that going to translate live
1: even buying online is easier cuz i don't need help mm-hmm. when i'm in a store i've come to the store because i want to buy it now and i need uh-huh. your help i i need you know for this whole experience i needed a personal shopper and it, i i went to one of the the very big department stores that had a a myriad of items for me to choose from that were just the ugliest things you've ever seen in your life and even the salesperson said you know i'm sorry because i'm not a size two you know so i need a a bigger size and apparently they think that if you wear a size eight or over you're a house and you don't deserve to have a good looking dress if you're a mother of the bride or mother of the groom but i mean she was embarrassed at the selection and she goes you're going to hate that i'm going to say this but maybe there's more online wow i don't want to shop online yeah, I don't want to order things that cost five, six, seven hundred $700 in three different sizes and put that on my credit card because I can't get it in your store.
2: It's, uh, I mean, if that's one of the fundamental problems. I call it, I think what we have now is symbiotic retail, not omnichannel. It's a horrible phrase, um, where everything should work seamlessly together. You should have the same product, the same price, same availability, the same message, same tone of voice because the customer doesn't care what channel they're on. They'll stand in your store, pick up their phone, and go on a website and search price and buy it in front of you while you're sat there. All you've got to do in that shop is make sure it's your website, not your competitors, you know? You've got to do this. And and the differentiators for physical retail is touch and feel, that horrible experience, which is a catch-all for everything else you can't think of, and people. And the staff make the difference, you know? And I often say, you want to understand good staff, go to any Lush store, anywhere in the world, and you will see the best staff I have ever seen, Mm -hmm. okay? And I've been in Asia, I've been in North America, I've been across Europe, they are amazing. And so I often say to readers, you go to your nearest Lush, any Lush, doesn't care, it'd be the little corner shop or the global flagship, you will find amazing people that know the product, make you feel welcome, and you want to stay and you want to talk to them and you want to buy more. And you see the power of good customer service. Uh, and, and they are universally consistently the best one I've ever seen. I've had amazing staff experience with different retailers, but that's the only one where I've been to have. 30 of their stores and 30 of those stores have
4: got brilliant people in. you, you got to pay them, uh, and, uh, train yeah.
1: them. Yeah. Pay yeah. and train yeah. them. Pay them and train them. You have that As- endorsement from you, that's,
4: that's, that's really good. uh, you
1: might uh, want to sponsor this podcast
2: (laughs) anyone that knows me knows that I'm a huge advocate for what they do I mean they, they refitted their global flagship in Oxford Street and I contacted them and said I'd like to look around. I was going to say, is is it okay? They actually encourage you to take photos, which is like, hallelujah for me. Um, I got chucked out of a shop this morning for taking photos because heaven forbid, I'm going to share the wonderful things they spent thousands of pounds creating to a whole base of people that might want to buy them. But anyway. Can I um, I
1: stop you for one second? One second. In the, here, in the nineties, if you took photos in a store, you could be thrown out. I mean, it was, it was.
2: Well, I I was, I was told to stop.
1: So one time, Rich and I had to do a presentation at a hardware convention. And we wanted to get pictures of this one new store that, that opened and didn't last very long. And you can't take pictures in there. So we went in and said, Rich had a sign that said, buy me this for my birthday.
4: It's my birthday. And,
1: and Rich would pull the <laughs> sign up. And they would think I was taking picture of Rich holding it the item, but
4: really, I'd turn my camera on. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and I would be there and, and I'd be okay, ready, ready, ready. Go ahead, shoot it. And, shoot. <laughs> and they loved it because they thought, oh, they're going to sell some product yes. here. Right? Oh,
1: my okay. God.
4: Uh,
2: the, be- the best retailer I ever came across is in Istanbul, in Turkey. And it was an amazing shop and he had musical instruments and they were all across the ceiling and all the mm. way down. And I said, is it OK if I take a photograph? And his reply was, please make me famous. And I thought, that's wow. the attitude that a retailer should have. And so I loved it. But coming back to Lush, you know, I, I contacted him and said, is it all right if I come in? Uh, and take some photos i'd like to write an article to put on linkedin and they go we'll do better than that we'll get sergio the store manager to give you a tour and sergio turner Ooh. spent 90 minutes with me and what i loved was that not only did you show me around but you got a sense of how that company thinks as well because he were he, he showed features because the store design team sat down with him the store manager and they actually listened to him and he was like we have these uh, sinks where we demonstrate products and there are two taps so that I can do some things and the customer can do things. A lot of the times the customers don't want to do it. So I've asked for the taps to be pivoted so I can swing it out of the way. Simple, pragmatic thing. And then there was, a court, there was an area with a mirror and you can sit down in the hair care area. And he goes, you see the curtain? And there's a curtain that swings all the way around. because that's for Muslim women who um, aren't allowed to huh. show their hair in public. So you draw the curtain and they can still do the test. But the great thing, I didn't even—I was there to analyze the store. I didn't even notice the curtain. There's no big sign, there's no fuss, it's just there. And Up all there. the way around the store, were these little features that the store manager who lives and breathes the store eight hours a day, who contributed to the store design process because he understood these little pain points or opportunities. And the store team took it on board. And there were so many, and there was like a whole quote on the wall on the stairs. He goes, oh, I put that in. That's he says, that one. was my idea. And he's almost looked like one of those billboards outside cinemas with sliding letters. And he goes, oh, I put that quote in. And for, fortunately, Mark Constantine, who owns Lush, he loved that quote and he told me to keep it there. And I brought in a coffee shop, he said, there's a, an ethical coffee retailer. And he fought to have them in because they absolutely ticked all the ethical boxes. And so to have the store manager understand and contribute. And not only that, but be listened to and be taken on board well, shows I, I, the way I, the company. That's why I love the company. Everything I, and on top of that, their product is merchandised brilliantly, and they okay. they live ethically and it's the most sustainable store I've seen. So you look around and going, why shouldn't I say they're awesome? Because I look at everything they do and I go, you got that right. So I'm
1: impressed why. that the store design team even explained everything to the store managers. Yeah, I was in a. Um, you know that's my background before I met Rich store planning and design and I was in a store the other day that is moving from one location in the mall to another location and I said what are they what's your new location going to look like and she said I don't know we haven't seen it yet we've been you know checking online to see what it's going to look like and trying to go down and you know look to see what's happening but we don't we won't know until we move
4: yeah it's just not their business you engage With- the staff you be get your more store.
1: You're going to run the store, but you don't need to know what's going on.
4: Yeah. yeah, and that's really, you know, what that could really be a great campaign if you really want to. If you really want to set up a store, ask yes. the store managers to come. In I, and I mean, it. I'm like that when I'm
2: reviewing a store. I go and talk to the store staff. I go, what do you think? And they go, Oh, that's a nightmare over there. No one can ever see it. I have to show them all the time because they can never find. They know how customers interact because they're they're literally the feet on the ground and another interesting thing i found i went uh, harrods opened uh, a beauty store in milton keynes which is like a new town 60 miles outside london and um it was quite a big thing it was a separate store in a shopping center a shopping mall and I went in there and they got an area where there were local brands from the Milton Keynes area. There was a whole little category for local ones. And there was one company there. And I said, oh, who's who's this naturally tribal? She goes, oh, they're amazing. This lady, she's she's of African descent and she sources all this stuff, you know, uh, ethnically sourced from Africa. And she has a supply chain. But she comes in and she explains to the whole store staff. We love her story. We love her products. And what she did, she went to Harrods, invested her time explaining the products and now the store staff love her and love her products they will by default gravitate towards that when customers ask for for an opinion because they go i know this and i love them and she's loved and she brings a whole family in at the weekends to chat to the staff to say how's things going have we sold any more stuff and harrods love her because of it
1: that's exactly why in the u.s independent retailers are exploding yeah because of those stories and, and the
3: way to do it, I love stories like that.
1: I do too. So, you guys, what else is going on in retail? What I
3: just wanted to point out before before Jason takes us home, right? I just want to point out, you know, uh, Georgia and The example you said about how uh, physical store retailers are neglecting their physical stores but channeling you to buy online. Yeah, I just cannot understand that because pre-pandemic, you know, this this thing called uh, what you call it a showrooming, right? Yeah, mm, Show me. Yeah. they are encouraging you to do that. Why? It's,
1: well, I don't you know, see
3: it's just unacceptable.
1: Here's, here's the other <laughs> thing. Here's the other thing that has bothered me for a long time. And I think we've talked about it on here before is that here retailers, I mean, they're trying very hard to save their sales. But here retailers are doing things like um, curbside and and we're going to mm. deliver it to you or it'll be Focus, ready. Yeah two minutes or less, or you don't have to wait. It's, it's almost like, and I've said this before, it's almost like they are encouraging people to stay out of stores. Mm. And I, and I know that they're doing it because they want people to shop and buy things. I completely understand that. But on the other hand, you know, it's not as encouraging to go into stores and shop as much You know,
2: I, saw, I saw one recently on the side of the building, there was a sign going, go online and buy your products on the side of the building. And it's like,
4: right.
1: how are you
2: rewarding people in, in the middle of a pandemic who've made the effort to come to your store to go home instead? You know, it was it, I, the message is valid. It's just in the wrong place. You don't stick it on the side of the shop where people have just arrived you know, you reward them by going, Right.
0: right. They made the decision already to go in." Yeah. Pursue. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So like you made the wrong decision. Yeah. Go back. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's it's a personal choice and if they've already made it and they want to go to the store, then you have to have something for them at the store. Yeah. If they're reward of them for the, the effort. other. Yeah. How about exactly. this?
1: See this? I am in the return yes. and exchange line at Macy's and there are multiple boxes from Amazon.
2: <laughs> i love it
1: so i said are you buying stuff from amazon what's the deal and they said no i think those are deliveries for people who work in the store wow,
2: oh, wow. <laughs> well there's a lot i mean a lot of i, mean, I think at walmart are offering to deliver for other brands i think amazon are, are you yeah. get a lot of companies are just we've got an amazing network let's leverage extra revenue by offering it to other people one quick thing on well we're on department stores as well what's your view on macy's getting involved with toys r us I think it's because brilliant. what do you think about that? You know, Macy's are talking about introducing brilliant. Toys R Us. I
1: think it's brilliant. You know what? There's a big hole. It, there's a big hole here left by Toys R Us and FAO Schwarz. Yeah. You know, it used to be that you could take your kid in and you could yeah. spend, we would spend hours in Toys R Us. And, and we would, you know, play with everything and look at things. And we would leave with, with toys that we had not intended to buy. And I'm grateful that when my yeah. grandson was two, I was able to take him. And I think we spent three hours in Toys R Us checking everything.
2: That's recently.
1: Uh, Because he's, he's five now.
2: Right. Okay.
1: But you know, here's the thing. We don't have that anymore. We have aisles in Target and aisles in Walmart, and it's not the same. That's Mm. going to a place to buy the, there's no immersive experience. (laughs) So if there's no um, interactive, immersive experience. So if you see, I I find this intriguing, though,
2: because the reputation for Toys R Us over here, when that was announced, I commented on LinkedIn and all the Europeans were going, why? Toys R Us is awful. You know, Over oh, here, the reputation scary. as a retailer was it was dreadful. Oh, um, whereas so I think it's a different weird. reputation in the US because my you know, thought like, was, what? why what a maze is going to gain? Why don't you just do a, it? Was do it was two no. different eras,
0: it was two different eras of Here's Toys this. R Us. Here's there the was thing. the Toys R Us of the 80s and 90s yes. that yes. were amazing. So, no, no. Toys R Us is my family. I don't know if I if I even disclose this on this, so but no? uh, yeah, so um my cousins i don't even know what this is really how but related okay so my my cousins their grandfather was the corporate vice president of toys r us back in the 80s 90s they were featured on lifestyles of rich and famous with robin leach okay so yeah (laughs) they have a a museum in their house anyway this is this is a very long time
1: yeah exactly
0: that was a different era that was kid that so that was my that's how I grew up. That was the Toys R Us I remember. My dad would take us every Friday to Toys awesome. R Us, and we would spend hours in Toys R Us just playing because they had so many interactive things that you could play with. Awesome. And that's what it was—something we could do. Toys and we R Us. Shopped there. And we shop there, yeah, because yeah. of course you're gonna buy something eventually.
1: Now, when when my children were little, when Kate and John were little, I want to say they were like four and seven. Rich, to, Rich went into a Toys R Us with us. And he said to them, um, "Christmas is coming. You guys pick whatever you want." And I looked at him and I said, "You are the biggest moron God ever put into." Because John immediately went over to some video game set that was going to cost like eight hundred bucks and came over to some car that was a thousand dollars. And and I just looked at him and I said, "I'll get you out of it this time, but don't ever do that again." And we d- we distracted him. But here's the thing. I think that online there's all these retail experts and retail influencers, and we talk so big about the stores and how you know they're awful and we hate toys. We do they're not consumers. They're not in stores. You know, one of the things that Rich and I bring to the table is the fact that we're always in stores mm. and we study consumers. We, I mean, if you read our comments on Retail Wire compared to people who are strategists, mm. we're talking from the customer's perspective. Yeah and what really happens in a store. And so, for example, you know, we complain about, we don't like this about this retailer or that retailer, the consumer might not even care.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're talking sake, about- Listen, listen. If, I was, if, if I was in the corporate office and they said to me, you know what, we're going to open up and, and get back into the toy business. You know what the hell I would do? I would say, okay, the budget, give me a hundred thousand dollars. Because what I'm going to do with $100,000 is I'm going to take me and three people and we're going to go to Disney and we're going to go to all these other places that knock your socks off. And then we're going to come back and say, here's our prototype. This is the way we need to sell this product. And if you want to put it on of fixtures, metal fixtures throughout the store four feet off the floor, get somebody else to do this because it's destined to fail. Yeah, and and that's just got true. I I mean,
2: I'm concerned about toy retail because I've been around a lot of places. And, and I find the store environments are value engineered within an inch of their life. You walk around a Disney store and it's cheap, nasty materials. And it's like, it's the product. It's all about the product. You stick the right. product on the shelf and the graphics right. are just cardboard cutouts. You know, and, and the level of investment in the store fixturing is lowest as possible. You know, I, went to Ham, I went to Hamley's, right? Hamley's the most prodigious toy store in the world. They The gaming zone downstairs and I went downstairs and I burst out laughing because I thought I'd arrived before they'd finished merchandising. <laughs> Empty floors, a few white plints, and stuff. And I posted it on LinkedIn and people going, you're joking. This wasn't open. I went, yeah. And I went back a month later and it was exactly the yeah. same. And I'm going, you, this is the game. I mean, they're lucky because there was a Microsoft store 400 feet away that closed and they had an Xbox gaming room. Like, I don't know, 20,000 square feet of of sofas and chairs and surround sound videos and kids could just play on Xboxes. And their gaming zone looked like a half full bookstore. It was atrocious. And I look and I despair. But then Lego have opened a new concept store in New York. Um, Now, I was very lucky two years ago. I saw under secrecy and promise of death, if I said anything, the plans for that. And I was like, wow, okay, they're moving it forward. Because I've always felt that the Lego stores, again, traded off their name. I felt they could have worked harder. Are
1: boring here? Cars are a box with Legos down each side yep. and a cash wrap across the back, and that's it.
2: I had to well, for my what? last job as head of retail innovation. Their biggest client was Lego. I had to critique the Lego store in London as my first job interview. And I walked into the shop and I went... Oh, my God. What do I say about how do I stay true to my principles and get this job? Because it was a yellow store, yellow floors, yellow wall, yellow ceiling, a yellow unit selling yellow product in yellow packaging. Not a single bit of category signage, you know. And I was like, if you stop being the world's favorite brand, you're buggered because this shop doesn't do the basics of display uh, you build them, you know. There was a big, big Ben in there because it was the London store, and there is a wow factor. But that's baseline now because you, know, you expect a big model in a Lego but, store. So you yeah, just yeah, can right, right. But you know what?
0: Them. I don't know. But
2: the new store in New York is awesome. They've picked up on the interactivity because and they move that York. forward. But then I, 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 mean, I look at, I look at um, was it Target are doing Disney concessions, and I saw a visual, and I went, really?
1: They're horrible. Oh, They're What's just the, the kids? an aisle that's of signed you know what whatever they do in new york city that's great you know you got these great harry potter store and there's this google store and there's these phenomenal things i don't care about new york city kids what are you doing in cleveland what are you doing in in algonema no consistency in yeah but, that but is- you know what they used that's to do it, it so out.
0: well it's like i it's, i spent my childhood in malls like right i mean that's that it's was the, the that was the time of the mall and they and those act these activations that everyone's like buzzword activation oh we need to make this an activation at this festival and this and this they like forgot about it in the stores if they they got so focused on pushing all the merchandise now when you're right when you walk into a disney store it's just merchandise when i was a kid the disney store was like a fun place to go to yeah there was actually things to do at the store it was magical Mm -hmm. now when i take my daughter to the store it's like a mound of
1: what what stuff thing now. are we
0: going to pick up off the shelf and play with? Because there's no activations yeah. anymore. Yes, the the, the toy is the Us the forgotten used to be what
2: toy shops are about. Yeah, That's they're not the meant toy. for toys
0: anymore. I, it's no, like I, you, they're not meant for kids. Make them for home. kids.
2: Want, <laughs> there's a duality, though, isn't there? Because I I actually jokingly said the bottom half of that bay should be to excite the kids. The top mm-hmm. half should be to justify for to the dogs. parents. Right. Right. and you've got you've got that physical divide the kids are that tall right. the parents are that tall right. so stick
4: justification at the top and excitement and <laughs> pester power at the you bottom yeah. well that's why they, that's why every grocery store puts the cereal down on the bottom of their yeah counter right? It, it's I the I gotta have it, right even
0: mcdonald's even the food stores so mcdonald's used to be so much fun to go to i was like I was, we used to have mcdonald's birthday parties like i, mm-hmm. like I remember like four yeah. of my birthday yes. parties were mcdonald's yes. birthday parties because they were easy because they had the little fun thing that you could go into I mean even in the 80s they had like this giant tree I remember in the middle of the McDonald's and you could go and play with they don't have any of that stuff anymore like all these all these places just tried to get fancier and nicer and then they made themselves sterile
2: okay have you you
0: got the touch screen ordering system for
2: McDonald's? yeah Yeah, 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 everyone
0: raves about
2: it I I I turn around and I said that has made fast food slow yeah as far as (laughs) I can see I hate it
1: People don't use them here. They're turned off. But I, well, I, to I, I nice. My, my were-
2: first experience of one of those, right? I'll tell you, I took my kids in and it was a busy McDonald's on the side. And, and they were, I cu- we queued up, spent ages trying to work out how to use the screen, avoiding all those clever little nudges to make you spend more money. I bought it and I stood there with a ticket and there was a queue of like 10 people with tickets. One guy walked past all the screens. He walked up to the counter, ordered his Big Mac meal, and walked away. And the rest of us all looked to each other and went, "We're idiots.
1: We're absolute idiots." And you know? I want to say one thing before we wrap here, because yes. we have a we some other things going on. But I, I just want to say one thing about what you were just talking about, Ian, about adults up here, kids down here. So in July, I was in in Orlando, and I went to Universal Studios news Store, which is they, they, they took out a fossil store and like five or six other stores in City Walk and they built this tremendous store and it is beautiful. And up top, there are these phenomenal mannequin displays and displays of Harry Potter and Marvel Comics and all the different things up here. And then lower, there's, you know, all the things for kids. It is probably one of the most beautifully merchandised stores I have ever seen in my life, fixture wise and everything. And that's saying a lot coming from me. But I want, Universal doesn't have stores and malls, but even if they did, I don't know if I would see that level in a store in a mall. So kids are kids are robbed of the Toys R Us experience. And I hope that Macy's does more than just doing a, a department like Target has done with Disney, put some signs up, put Mickey Mouse up and you're done.
4: So Jason. You know what? I, I, I want to say something too though, before we leave. <laughs> I would hope that every retailer that sees this or listens to this, takes their store layout people and design people and and put them on the outside of the store for a while and take a look at some of the things that we're talking about and not be fearful about the fact that you know, this guy by the name of Ian, he's, he's saying this, I think it's a good idea, I don't know who he is, but I'm gonna try it out. They need to get back to that creative imagination in stores If we don't, all we're going to do is end up with plenty of and products.
2: They need to go and visit stores. It's shocking how many people in retail don't have time to visit shops. It's why I started doing retail safaris. I like, come on, I'll come and show you some interesting stuff, you know, and and more people should go out and look at stores, um, especially when they're designing
4: them.
1: Every week, baby. That's where we are. Every week, yeah. every city we're in. And then
4: when we share an idea, people go, wow, what a great idea. We ought to do that. And if we go back three weeks later, that's the same darn place. <laughs> now, you know, nobody's, you know, so you you got to stick a Jeremy, firecracker up there behind and say, you know, it's either going to explode or you got to move. And one of the two.
1: <laughs> that's a visual. Jeremy, you got anything else you want to say before we wrap up?
3: Yes. No, no, no. I think I'm good. That's okay. just, uh,
2: Yeah. We can Ian. wrap this up. <laughs> no, that's. I've, I've had my, uh, my monthly rant. Thank you.
1: Okay, Jason.
0: This is essentially a therapy session for all of us. And it feels pretty it good, yes. Yes. I gotta say. <laughs> at the end, you it just is. feel good. You wanna have a good smoke <laughs> at the end of this.
1: So, you wanna talk about re- re- real retail, watch retail adventures. You wanna talk about statistics, there's a bunch of people that. There. Hey. <laughs>
0: there you go. So. We, get, we all right, get. Bring us home. Deal. Well, thanks everyone for listening. As always, this has been the Retail Adventures Podcast with Kaiser Bender. Um, Scott C. Who else do we want to add? Uh, this is this is great as always. Jeremy and Ian, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, sure at, at this point, you me. are you are part of the family. Uh, you have been part of the family. We've been been
4: the been. What time is it at home right now for you? Uh, 12, 12, 15 midnight. It's an early night <laughs> for Jeremy. I'm,
3: I'm <laughs> going to turn to a werewolf soon. <laughs>
0: anyway thanks again for joining us you can find us everywhere podcasts can be found um i have an apple so i just go to apple Podcasts. there's a there's a thing for them anyway spotify deezer whatever else there is thanks again for joining us and we will be back sometime soon so be sure to catch us have a good one Bye. bye
4: bye thank you